1: Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Let's bring in our friend Sergeant Betsy Brantner Smith. Happy Friday.
2: Hey Don, thanks so much, and thanks so much for having me to talk about this. I've been watching this whole situation and and I think you're absolutely uh, dead right I don't think this ordinance uh, is going to win in the in the court system in any way shape or form mm-hmm. but it does show um, you know starting with the mayor-elect Sherelle Parker you know remember she she started talking about hey maybe we need to bring back stop identify and frisk and uh, and now with this um, this ordinance that they did vote for they're going to address the ski mask issue, the baklava issue, the face covering issue, um, not because like the ACLU uh, stated last night, they said there's no there's no evidence that says ski masks cause people to c- commit crimes. Of course not. <laughs> we have got to be logical about this. And I think your city council was. So I think that's a real I think Philadelphians should feel some optimism here. And admittedly, we're
0: desperate for some optimism on this front. So maybe there's, <laughs> there's that going on, you know, but, uh, which I hate to admit, but, you know, it's the truth. We, you know, we had yesterday, I couldn't believe it. First of all, it was breaking news just as I was signing off. There was news of one inmate in Philadelphia Correctional Center, one inmate who was found killed. And then on the other hand, just as I was signing off around lunchtime, there was word of this Philadelphia prisoner, Geno Hagen-Cotter, who escaped. He was on a work detail, and thank God, not a violent killer like we had in Cavalcante in Chester County. But it's the fourth time, and the third. It's the fourth time in a year. It's the third time in what less than six months. Mm-hmm. It's it's really concerning. What what do you see here when you see all these different prisoners? And it seems pretty easy that they're escaping.
2: Well, here's the thing. Around America, and you have this problem in Philadelphia. We have it in Tucson, Arizona, where I live. We have stopped putting money into our prisons and our jails, you know, because, again, um, for the last three and a half years, and this has been part of the defund the police movement, is um, a lot of these county boards, city councils, and of course, state legislators are saying, we're not going to put any more money into incarcerating people. Um, and you and you add in the lack of correctional personnel around this country, and you have, you know, again, your fourth escape in uh, in a year. And you know, we had down in Tucson, Arizona, we had former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chalvin, who was in a federal medium security lockup he got stabbed by somebody unknown. We still don't really know the circumstances of that. Um, but this was a, a federal prison that just uh, earlier this year, an inmate got a hold of a firearm and tried to shoot a visitor and only because the firearm malfunctioned is somebody not hurt or dead. But we are seeing this around the country. And of course you have legislators like Cori Bush from mm-hmm. Missouri, who just wants to, she wants to close the St. Louis County Jail. She wants to close all the prisons, stop locking people up. And, uh, and again, coming back to Philadelphia, I think your Philadelphia City Council is realizing that this last Mm-hmm. You know, three and a half years of saying, you know, we don't need the police and we don't need jails mm-hmm. and prisons and we don't need the criminal justice system. And it's systemically racist and, and all of that. They're saying, boy, all of those ridiculous theories and policies <laughs> have led to nothing but dead and injured Philadelphians. And, and, you know, for it forces people who can to leave. Yeah, that's so
0: true. You know, uh, one of our, our listeners, longtime listeners, Denise, who by the way is with the Chapman family team. She, she has a great comment for you, Sergeant Betsy. She says that I think that businesses should put a sign on their door that says ski masks are not allowed in the store or the school or the library. And Denise makes the point just like they made you wear a mask during COVID <laughs> yeah. that was enforceable. It's <laughs> a great point. Denise is
2: brilliant <laughs> because if 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 they were able to tell us all, we all saw those signs, right? You know, you know, no face covering, no service, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's turn the tables on that. That's a great idea. And again, nobody says that because you're wearing a ski mask, you're a violent felon. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying at all. But I think that people are logical enough to look around the country, um, and of course right there in Philadelphia, and see that you have these thugs, yes, I'm gonna call them thugs, who are victimizing their fellow Philadelphians as well as visitors and businesses. And uh, you know, you've got, uh, carjackings and shootings and all this. And again, all around the country, people want to hide their faces. And, and in this ordinance, I, I encourage everybody to go online and read it. There are exceptions. There there was a lot of discussion about First Amendment exceptions. There, and, you know, this was not, I feel like the City Council um, was very measured in the way that they looked at this. Mm-hmm. This wasn't just a, a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, we got to get rid of ski masks and that will solve our crime problem. And they don't think that either. But what they are doing is they're showing the law-abiding citizen, which is most of Philadelphia, by the way. Most people <laughs> are not criminals. They're also showing their law enforcement officers um, that we support you and your mission to keep people safe. It would be nice if they'd come out with a statement asking Larry Krasner to maybe uh, do a better job at his uh, at his uh, prosecutorial duties, but maybe that'll come.
0: Yeah, this is true. You know, when you think about that, you look at everything that's going on national level, local level. I I do think we're turning a we've turned an important corner as far as everybody is realizing the disaster that was caused by the defund the police movement. Do you see that? Or are you still worried about, you know, I mean, let's face it. uh, We have not had a change of guard as far as Democrats running, you know, look at Chicago, look at New York, look at Philadelphia, look at LA. So they're not changing the political party, but I do see at least here on the East Coast, especially with New York, it's a different issue because they have more than a hundred thousand hundred thousand people who are illegal folks there. that That's making an impact here in Philadelphia, the crime. But what are you seeing as you look across the country, Betsy?
2: Well, we're seeing both sides of that. So um, you can you can look at some of the insanity of, for example, in my native Chicago, uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson just called out, the raggedy white supremacists who are the ones causing crime in Chicago. (laughs) Excuse me. So that's kind of insane, right? And we all know that's not true. We know that like Eric Adams, um, Brandon Johnson is so far over his head that he just really doesn't know who to blame because he doesn't have the integrity and the intestinal fortitude to blame himself. He's the one who caused all this. Now, on the other hand, we have a, excuse me, I'm visiting my grandkids. I'm probably already getting sick. Oh no! Um, little Petri dishes that they are. But, you know, here's the thing. You look at, for example, in Washington, D.C., carjackings up uh, 800%. You had an on-duty FBI agent carjacked just the other day. The agent's car, body armor, and radio were stolen. Now, this is on top of um, the the uh, Biden granddaughter's Secret Service detail having to fire on car burglars who were attacking a Secret Service vehicle. Ah, that was against policy, by the way. But you've also had, and we've talked about this, various uh, elected politicians in Washington, D.C., who are being victimized. So they're starting to pay attention, and Mary uh, Muriel Bowser, the mayor there, is starting to pay attention, but she's having to battle her city council. So we've seen both sides of this, where I see some movement. I One of my concerns is, for example, when we look at the southern border, you're starting to hear some talk about bipartisan measures. We're gonna tie the Ukraine money to the border and the Democrats and Republicans are willing to maybe slow the border down a bit. And, uh, and I hope that the right stands strong on that and demands that we have to do something about the Southern border. Eric Adams in New York has a $4 billion deficit because of the migration that he encouraged to his city. And you know what he's doing now? He's canceled the next five police academy classes because he doesn't have the money to hire cops. That's a disaster, and it's just going to get worse. So there's some things happening on both sides. And uh, what people need to do is pay attention. They need to get involved. And then, of course, next year we need to vote. Yes.
0: I mean, that's a piece of it. By the way, we do have – I'll just interject a little more. We have so much breaking news this morning. But one uh, a Georgia or a D.C. court has just ruled on this, saying that former President Donald J. Trump is not immune from being held accountable in those civil lawsuits related to January 6th, 2021. This is a long awaited decision from a federal appeals court. It's based in Washington, D.C., which will tell you a lot. But the decision makes this is new law that's being created around the executive branch and particularly around the presidency. So longstanding ramifications to this. this is a pretty important ruling. It will have significant implications for several cases against Trump, but also moving forward, defining the presidency and the executive branch. But this is a D.C. Uh, federal appeals court has just come down with this decision. Th- these were those. Um, remember, the ca- some of the Capitol police officers wanted to sue. Do, um, you know they, pr- they pushed for civil lawsuits against Trump after they right. were injured. So they're trying to sue Trump in civil court, blaming him. They claim that he sparked some of the violence ultimately. And so th- this is a civil case but it's also um a high court ruling so this no doubt will go to i imagine this will end up being another situation where it pops up to the supreme court level but i just wanted to, that that just happened we just had the george santos ruling and of course earlier as i came on the air at 10 we learned that retired justice sandra day o'connor obviously an iconic american woman a reagan appointee or uh, nominee she was um she has just passed away so a lot of breaking news this morning, Betsy. I just want to put that in there.
2: And I want to remind people that when you when you talk about these police officers wanting to take civil action mm-hmm. against Donald Trump and others for the January 6th riots, mm-hmm. let's not forget that a man by the name of Sergeant Trey Penny, who was a Dallas police officer, the day that a Black Lives Matter activist murdered five police officers in Dallas. This was pre-George Floyd, but post Michael Brown, Ferguson, Missouri. He tried to sue Black Lives Matter and a federal court shut him down. So this is gonna be interesting when this case in Washington, DC, if it does go to the Supreme Court, because Can you or can you not hold someone civilly accountable? Remember, we had 260 violent riots after the death of George Floyd. How many police officers injured, and yes, we had police officers killed and we had civilians killed, Mm -hmm. have sued Black Lives Matter, Antifa, um, the city, state, and county governments where those riots took place? Because let's not forget... The George Floyd riots were very often encouraged by political leaders and in some cases by police leaders, not the protests, but the riots. So I think this case in D.C. is going to have even far more reaching implications um, than just uh, just how we uh, view and have to legally view the presidency. It's going to be it's going to be interesting times.
0: Yeah, and to, and you know, you make a couple of great points, and that is that I always talk about media bias having come from a broadcast and you know, television news background, and I often say to people when when I talk about media bias, the biggest bias we see is by omission. So you know, mm-hmm. NBC News was all over they ABC News, all the you know, all the stations broke in. Oh, George Santos, this bad Republican. But nobody talks about, for example, Senator Bob Menendez or or others doing wrong, right, who are accused of wrongdoing. And you could argue that what Menendez is accused of, especially with regard to um, the foreign affairs rules where, you know, was he he brokering deals? Was our national security in any way, you know, was that violated? I mean, those are some pretty serious allegations against him you don't see that being put in the headlines and just what you said about all of those violent riots that happened in which police officers during those summer of 2020 riots i mean here in philadelphia my god how many officers were were severely injured or you know maybe it wasn't a life-threatening situation betsy but there were many who went to the hospital were out and were rattled, if you will, as well, but physically injured. Did they survive? Yes. But that's never put into context, to your point. That's never brought up. And that's a real bias that we see.
2: You're, you're absolutely right. And the, the post-traumatic stress that we are now seeing in law enforcement officers um, post-2020 riots is extraordinary. And now I encourage everyone... Uh, regardless of your political bent, to to watch uh, that documentary, "The Fall of Minneapolis," mm-hmm. and and just to see the faces and the tears of those police officers in Minneapolis who were virtually abandoned by their administration, they had to run from the rioters. It was just it It was viscerally frightening um just to watch it, and we know some of those police officers and uh and and that 's the thing when you see that from a perspective of these cops who are you know their wives and dads and 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 you know they 're just normal people yours and my neighbors mm-hmm. and uh and you know that media bias and very often that political bias of of uh, oh well that's not a big deal but this you know kind of a thing is a big deal um you know we really we really need to pay attention to that and we really need to stop that i mean that's why the national police association exists we're trying to get people to understand that's why our our mobile billboard you know says about law enforcement it says you know they're friends and neighbors and parents and uh, and but they're heroes you know we just need to see cops as as people.
0: Yes. You know, to your point, I was looking this up. And by the way, it's an Australian. It's so funny who picks up these stories. But they were talking to Liz Collin, um, who is somebody who her family was targeted during the riots and had these protesters turning turning up to her home as because her husband was the president of the Police Officers Federation of Minneapolis at the time. And so she put out her own Alpha News documentary. Well, she's the one who put this out, The Fall of Minneapolis mm-hmm. that you're talking about. But it's interesting who's who's interviewing her, who's picking up that story. I When I first looked it up, it was actually an Australian group. That's who's, that's who, you know, it's like the BBC or Australia. They're doing these stories talking about us, but it's not something you would even see. Well, I mean, we're talking about it. You're talking about it, but... It's not something mainstream on ABC News tonight.
2: You know what I'm saying? And and here's the thing. You know, she she has a best-selling book out called They Lied, and that's what the documentary is based on. I've actually interviewed both Liz Collin and her husband. Her husband was a police lieutenant in Minneapolis. She was the CBS weekend anchor. And she was very Mm nonpartisan. You know, she wasn't left or right. She just reported the news after the death of George Floyd. And her husband had nothing to do with the death of, of George Floyd. But after the death of George Floyd, she was taken off the air, put in an office and then demoted just because she was married to a cop. And the reason they attacked her husband is not because of George Floyd, but because as the police union president, He came up with a t-shirt that said cops for Trump and they had to flee their home. It's just extraordinary. Unbelievable. And, and, uh, and so she, she made this documentary and that's one of the reasons that, and and we're going to hear more about this in the election, uh, Mm -hmm. season, but the truth about the Derek Chauvin trial, the truth about the death of George Floyd, the truth about the autopsy, that's all coming out now in a very factual, unemotional um, way. We're going to hear a lot more about it. And that's why that's why nobody here is interviewing uh, Liz Collin in the mainstream media. Um, and that you've got to go, you know, you got to look at the Daily Mail or an Australian uh outlet to find out anything about it. But it's more and more is going to come out
0: yeah and and I think the truth, I mean, well, my great grandma Rose always you know she said the the truth is like the wash. It always comes out, you know it's like but <laughs> so it will come out, but then we realize how much maybe we all feel foolish or we feel we were all suckered, and then we look at how all of this impacted every one of us. And I think that that's a shame.
1: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
0: um but at the same time i'm encouraged by it i have to say what what as far as police budgeting because i was looking at philadelphia the police budget and they keep saying oh we have this unprecedented budget then when i go through some of the budgets and I think to myself, they're doing more of these programs in the police budget, giving out <clears throat> civilian jobs, and and using the police budget for other things other than hiring police officers. What do you make of all that? And as far as the National Police Association, which obviously, um, you know, you're, you're part, you are an integral part, speaking for the National Police Association what is the advocacy there to say we need to stick to the staples of budgeting for police, law enforcement, hiring, and the basics as far as what officers need to do their job?
2: About 90% of any police budget is personnel costs. And that's not just a police officer salary, but that's Health benefits and, you know, uniforms and cars and things like that. But we have, we are seeing this trend, good on one hand, bad on the other. From a good trend, we're seeing more civilians hired to do Jobs that police officers were doing like forensics and, and of course we have dispatchers and records clerks and things like that. But there are a lot of jobs in community policing and, and crime prevention and, uh, case follow up on, um, you know, nonviolent crime, things like that. Um, that that's a good thing to spend your money on the other but unfortunately, one of the ways that a lot of these departments you know who are you know this is all influenced by your political leaders, one of the ways to defund the police without saying you're defunding the police is move money around and say hey, we can't this is just exactly what Eric Adams is doing in in new york you know he is saying hey i got to put more money to these migrants so i'm going to take that money uh out of the police budget you know so i'm not going to hire more cops for a while to funnel that money to 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 pay for a stupid decision i made that's basically what he's doing so yeah when you look at philadelphia's budget it's a it's a lot of money i mean it's a big budget but there's a lot of money that is being moved around in departments like Philadelphia, so that the the uh, woke, the anti-cop woke people can be satisfied, and uh, and yet and you you're going to have less cops because of it. <clears throat> One of the mistakes that the Democrats made when they started talking about defund the police or reimagine the police was exactly what we're all living now, this, this horrible crime in this country. So now the talk is about diverting funds, putting it toward housing programs mm-hmm. and mental health programs. Some of that's good, but the bottom line in any police budget is you have to have cops to answer 911 calls.
0: Yes. There's another piece on the front of the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's an opinion piece, but they are blasting, of course, police. Blaming Philadelphia police because they are, quote, no shows in court. And they so this is another, you know, this is their way of obviously undermining police and supporting Krasner, like defending D.A. Larry Krasner, because the headline is they're derailing cases and undermining our justice system. Philly police are no shows in court. Um, I just tee that up for you, why they can't or don't show up in court. Why that headline is misleading, in other words.
2: Well, exactly. This this is something that, again, is the direct result of these last three and a half years of vilifying law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you two things. One, cops are not showing up in court on some cases because they don't believe they're going to be properly prosecuted. If I've arrested somebody and put together a case and I know I'm going to go to court and I'm going to watch, you know, Krasner's people or the judge go, oh, yeah, you know, uh, here, uh, $50 fine, you know, for this uh, theft, get out. What, what's the point of me showing up? But this, the other issue is cops in Philadelphia, like other big cities around this country, are exhausted. Remember, you don't go to court on your shift unless you're a day shift cop. You go to court on your off time. Yes, you get paid for it, but if you have worked 12 hours overnight, you get off work at six in the morning and you have court at 10 o'clock, are you gonna go home and try and take a nap? Or are you gonna just go to court or maybe you're not going to go at all because tired cops mm-hmm. are a real problem in this country. And uh, we have to understand too, that there are personnel rules, union rules where a cop can only work so many days. It's usually um, yes. 16 hours in a 24 hour period. A lot of cops who have already put in their 16 can't go to court. Right.
0: Yeah. Because ultimately, if they go to court, what happens at that point? Do they just not get paid, or how does that work? I mean, ultimately, is it on your
2: own time? If you have already surpassed your fourteen hours or sixteen hours, whatever the limit is, um, and you go to court, you you will not get paid. Yeah, um, and you're also violating policy. Yeah, so you, could, you know, and, so that, you could get and that you know you could get in trouble. I mean, you could you could literally get instead of getting paid, you could get suspension day. And uh, and what is supposed to happen in those situations is um, there's supposed to be someone to notify the court that the officer has surpassed their time limit, and we need to um, you know we need to continue the case. But a lot of times that doesn't happen. I mean, think about it, in a court system as uh, big as Philadelphia and as chaotic because you guys have such a huge uh, you know big crime rate. You can imagine that the the communication between the district attorney's office and the police department and city hall and HR and the patrol division. I mean, think about all of these entities. Um, I'm going to guess the communication is not great because let's remind everybody it's government. I've worked in government <laughs> virtually my entire life. Yeah government doesn't do well when it comes to many things, including communication.
0: Yeah. Well said. Well, tell me what, what are you working on now? What's next for what's next for you, Betsy?
2: Well, I tell you what, the national police association is, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. We, we are continuing with our mobile billboard. We are continuing um with uh my show. I have a show called the NPA Report that is on the first T V, it's on Pluto, it's on Direct cool. T V where I where I interview interesting people like Liz Collin, um, Sheriff Mark Lamb, I mean, you know, just anybody who's a law enforcement leader or an interesting person. And uh um so we've got that going on. And, you know, it is the giving season and we are a charity and and the money that that we take in as a charity goes directly to fund things like um body armor for police canines whose agencies can't afford it or to start explorer programs or other community policing programs and to get involved in court cases where we think police officers have been wrong or the community has been Mm wrong remember we're still fighting to get the nashville covenant school shooting manifesto released you know it was a few pages of it were, were were leaked but we're trying to get that whole manifesto released so that law enforcement can study it and see what we can do to prevent things like that so we are incredibly busy everybody needs to go to nationalpolice.org take a look at the amazing articles and the cases that we're involved in we have a deputy in uh in nevada we are she was just absolutely wrong by her agency catastrophically injured in a uh, in a car crash and we're going to try and help her get some justice so it, it's it's an organization that works so hard not just for police but for the community that that supports us and the community that needs us we recognize that You know, people need cops. That's why they're there. And we want the communities around this country to get the best police protection they can.
0: Well, we thank you. Again, it's nationalpolice.org, the National Police Association. If you pull it up, you'll see Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith and all your great interviews pop right up with your interviewing various individuals and your interviews on Newsmax and all these other um, national sites, too. So, Betsy, thank you so much for joining me and for joining us and and really dedicating yourself to so many years of supporting law enforcement and protecting and serving.
2: Thanks, Don, so much. Thanks for all you do for uh, the law enforcement in your community. We really need new phones.
1: T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.